Finding this podcast magical? Why not toss a coin to your Witches and a Druid podcast through the Acast supporter feature? It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to show your support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. Canadian podcast about paganism in today's modern society. Hi there, and welcome back once again to our Zoom podcast of Three Witches and a Druid, where we talk about our experiences, issues, and fun things that go on in life when you are a pagan. Our topic is pagan parenting, which I have zero experience with. So this is the last you'll hear my voice this episode. But I am Margot, And I'm Gwen. Me. And we have two guests. I'm Karen Larder. I'm a member of the Grove of Nova Scotia Druids. And Kat. Hi, I'm here as well. And I'm not much of a member of anything, but I've been a practicing pagan for a couple of decades now. Perfect. So as uh, the oldest mother, I will get people to maybe identify themselves as their parenting. You know, who do you have at home? Who are you parenting? Karen, I think you have the youngest. I have a five-year-old son. Yeah. And I have a 14-year-old son. He'll be 14 on Tuesday. So that's really exciting. The second pandemic birthday in our in our family. <laughs> and I have an eight-year-old daughter. And I also share a home with my pagan BFF and her three children who are seven, 10, and 13. So there are five children that live in my home. Wow. Wow. Very busy. I have a daughter who will be 19 in three days, and it is her second pandemic birthday, her 18th and 19th birthday. <laughs> Our kind of The 18th birthday was really down the toilet a year ago, but uh, this year she is 19, so that's where I am. Congratulations. And I have two boys, but they are, yeesh, 34 and 38, and they have children of their own. So I've got the long view here. Eldest child is 38? Yep. Dave and I were counting. We have been together 40 years. Wow. Yeah. Goodness gracious. I still think you're 45. (laughs) I wish I was 45. Oh my goodness. Gwen, I literally thought I was closer to your age than to your kid's age. Like I had no (laughs) idea. (laughs) That's it. That's it, eh? Isn't that crazy? I guess you hear stories of families and they say, well, they were their own baseball team. You're your own circle in your house there, Kat. We certainly are. And it's actually one of the things that kept us away from community for the last like 
you know, five or 10 years is because we didn't have to go anywhere, right? You circle in your backyard and it's enough. Plus my mom and my nieces and maybe a neighbor or two. And yeah, like, you know, it fills a maypole, that's for sure. Yeah. Or at least a basketball net that we've taken off, painted white and put ribbons on <laughs> to make our home backyard maple. We haven't felt the need to go very far. And it was only just this last year, maybe two years that we decided to kind of, you know, look for more community than what we had already had in our own home. As the children are getting older, as the fledgling teenagers are asking questions and their worlds are expanding. Whereas the little kids are very like, well, this is what my family tells me it is. And the older guys are going, who even else does this? Is this just an our family thing? Because I've not met very many other people who do this. <laughs> so that's when we started branching back out into the community that has remained there <laughs> in our absence when the kids were little and it was just hard to bring them anywhere. But yeah, now with our youngest is, is seven and they travel well. So, you know, we go to the pagan camping events and things like that when they're to be had. And we've brought the oldest two to the circle on the commons a couple of times and, you know, and they've been a big help too. Yeah. Yeah. A big help when they're, when they're around. Yeah. That's great. The helpful guys. That's awesome. Your oldest two are going to evolve very soon into where mine is. Yeah. In a blink of an eye, really. Yes, yes. And mine finished high school in her first year university. She was still very keen on everything and this and, you know, we're pagans and on and on. But when she finally got more of her own voice talked more about it and once she got to high school or even junior high people kind of laughed at her a bit then started clamming up about it she's a little bit now yeah well i might think this and this but I'm not doing anything you know, when she would see spirits and all that and they mocked her mercilessly, she kind of closed up. So they'll go through that. I don't know. Did your kids go through that, Gwen? And they kind of closed off because of peers? Not so much. I even remember they had a class that neither of my boys would have taken willingly, but it was like a required in high school. And I don't know, maybe they still have it, but something like, you know, it was a health half credit sort of thing. And they talked about families and all this sort of thing. And at some point within that course in high school, they spoke about how other cultures have rites of passage for adolescents in to adulthood and how we don't do that anymore and how hard it is in our society because there's a shifting line because nobody knows when they're a grown-up and blah 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 and my son quite comfortably my youngest son of course who has no issues with his throat chakra he put his hand up and he said I had to write a passage so the teacher said exactly what are you and he said we're we're pagan and I had a manhood ceremony so there was a little bit of a discussion about that he was very comfortable again he's a guy my guys aren't big guys but he didn't feel intimidated or he has enough self-confidence or in your facedness or you know whatever you want to say that he wasn't fearing any retribution about it he didn't feel uncomfortable that's really good because my kid was inundated with can you get me a love spell <laughs> yeah nobody would ask my son with for that <laughs> teenage girls and you know kind of idea and this and that and you must be a weirdo if you think you can see ghosts and she kind of clammed up Mm. That segues really nicely into the first topic of pagans in the school system. Well, starting out, did you introduce the teacher to this idea before Atticus showed up? Did you speak about it and meet the parents? 
Well, we didn't get to meet the parents. I've never actually seen his classroom because this year was his first year with COVID rules. So I had a quick video tour of the classroom about three or four months into school and that was kind of it. But we did tell his teacher. I felt it was very important to tell her because you never know what associations anyone, but particularly children, are going to make. And my concern was that he might say something, just say, you know, oh, the Earth Mother is slumbering. And someone might look at that and go, geez, what's this kid on about? And they might grow concerned as one does with children but in the same way that if you had a muslim student and the muslim student looked at you and said you know mommy says i can't eat today but you didn't know that they were observing ramadan mm -hmm. you might understandably again panic a little bit and think oh geez what do i do about this and who do i call and should i talk to them so services is on the way mm -mm. yeah exactly exactly so i figured if she knew it would allow her the opportunity to go and research or ask questions if she had any, or maybe she thinks she knows enough and maybe she does, I'm not sure. But I figured this way, if she knew and something came up in conversation, rather than panicking, she might take the opportunity to educate the rest of the class or educate herself or say, oh, well, that's interesting and move on from there without taking it to extremes. We figured that was important. It would be really nice to see paganism grow in the school system, just have a little more, a little more openness about basically just earth-based religions you know mm -hmm. and i know there are so many factions but it'd be really nice to see just a, oh there are people who follow a wheel of the year they are very environmentally conscious here are some general things that most of them follow and and go from there that would be plenty because i had talked to my mother about a similar topic she's a teacher and a vice principal retired now and she had said yeah 30 years ago someone said muslim or ramadan to you and you just kind of cock your head to one side and go eh so i have a feeling paganism will take a similar path if we continue to push for it. And you guys have discussed this already, but there's been a, a new uprising of young Wiccans. So I think it will in the next few years, hopefully. Mm -hmm. I found other than just basically saying to the teacher, you know, in passing one time, you know, we're pagan. They didn't talk about religion much at all at school. They may have vaguely talked about what Ramadan was or Christmas or this or that. On the whole, they didn't talk much about religion at all. I did let them know in concern because, you know, they could come in and talk about the Day of the Dead, you know, kind of idea a little bit. But on the whole, religion didn't come up much at school, I got to say. My concern over the years was not the school because by the time rain got to school, paganism had gotten very much more in the mainstream. My concern wasn't the school. Now, 25 years ago, they were calling social services on you as a whole if they suspected anything. My concern more was her friends, parents, their kids not being allowed over to my house. What do you mean they're witches? That was another story, but that's not the school system. That was us. Anyway. I would say that is still a concern. So when my son started school, that was the year we moved to New Brunswick in a Francophone school system. And the Francophone school systems in the Maritimes are Acadian school systems. So most of the people who are there are either Acadian or a newcomer to Canada who spoke French from their country of origin. And so the people who are Acadian, if they are not directly Catholic at this time, then their grandparents are, right? I didn't know very many people, then we just decided to keep it really quiet. And I didn't explain anything when Rowan went to school. I'd have to explain it in, you know, not my own language as well. So there was these other challenges. So I didn't explain anything. And again, they were all speaking French, so I didn't really think it would come up. We had a lot more kids from other countries. And so there were different traditions when people said, hey, it's winter time. What are your winter traditions? 
traditions. What happens at your house? My kid could talk about his traditions and it just seemed like one more tradition, you know, when we have someone from Honduras and someone from Colombia and someone from the Ivory Coast of Africa, right? There were lots of different traditions. And so his just seemed to blend in at that time. When my daughter started preschool, they did say, is there something that we could talk about from your family's tradition? And so I disclosed and I did tell them and, and they said, is there a, a, like a great book about like what happens at the winter solstice? And I was like, I wish there was. <laughs> there are some books, but there's none that are appropriate to send to preschool, right? So we thought about writing one, but we never did. <laughs> so we did do that when it came to the preschool. And the only other time that I felt I had to disclose. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today was when like a friend had died and my daughter was just like obsessed and talking about death constantly in the summer land and so I did go in and I said to the preschool teacher just so you know we call the afterlife heaven we call that the summer land that is what she's talking about it's not a cottage <laughs> and this is you know this is why we're talking about it it's not Yogi Bear it, anyway so I did tell the teacher that was the only time that I felt like I really had to say something but other than that we've just kind of kept it quiet it was just the thing that we do in our family and luckily there's other families who do it too that we hang out with so yeah it's just one thing that made them unique I will say though I was really glad because the one thing I was worried my daughter would be jealous of and that is again with a largely Catholic population there would be this moment when in grade two when all of the girls talked about wearing a white dress and a white headband or veil and they went to their first communion and I did it and I kind of felt this like oh it's grade two oh and I took my dress out and stuck it on her and said do you want to wear this to church maybe in the next six months just for fun and, you know, I had brought out like the dress my mother had boxed for my eventual daughter. <laughs> right. Then when grade two was during COVID times, I was like, dodged one there. <laughs> All the kids had their single, you know, just one family at a time in a mask communion experience. It wasn't this great big May 8th weekend thing where they all came back talking about it. It was just this like really subtle thing that my daughter was vaguely aware of. So I was glad that she didn't have to know these other girls had had elaborate dresses and things like that that she wasn't having. So I did have to intervene once. And that was when they're in like grade two or something, probably around seven or eight years old. And the whole Bloody Mary thing came up. You know how kids and you say Bloody Mary in the mirror and kids are always teasing each other and teasing each other. My child had been raised with the spirit world is real. Where other kids just thought it was a joke. She was so hysterical one day that the teacher called me and I had to go to and go in because she was hysterical because you know this bloody mary was gonna get her and they're like all the kids are looking at her what are you talking about well spirits are real i'd have to go in and take her home from school once she was terrible 
Another kid who was a very Catholic child, very, very Catholic family, started talking about the devil along with Bloody Mary. This was in the same week. My daughter was like, we don't believe in the devil. Oh, well, if you don't believe in the devil, he's going to come in through the electricity in your house and through your TV and he's going to get you and on and on. So I had to do with that too because, you know, other kids are going, oh, the devil's stupid. Well, my kid believes in spirits and everything. So that was a crazy week, I will admit. Teachers were like, you got to come to school your kids hysterical so you guys have both brought up a, a really interesting point about having support network and the kids there and less than supportive through the school system with bloody mary but i'm really lucky in that way because we're part of a grove and in our grove we have four children now who are similar enough in age that they will hang out and they sort of normalize these processes together. Kat had mentioned there are no good reading for younger pagan children. I mean, there are, there are books out there, but it can be very challenging to find things that imitate your path or exemplify your path. That said, when you're in there and you're talking about things like fertility, the first thing everybody thinks of is sex, which is not the first topic you want to bring up with your children. But fertility, things like that, they go well beyond sex. They go, you know, the fertile and bountiful land. It can be plants and how that works. It's almost got a little bit of a negative connotation all on its own. So for me, anything reading for Atticus that's environmental, I pretty much just pretend is a pagan book. I just drag it right over and say, yeah, this follows our values. And isn't this great? And we're being good to Mother Earth. And he follows right along with it. And because, like I say, we've got that support network of, you know, there's one baby, but there's two other boys who are approximately his age because it's how they're being raised. They all sort of fall in line with, oh, we need to be environmentally conscious. And if we're out in nature, we have to do good things. We have to put our recycling away. We don't throw our things out. We donate. So those are all very normal processes for him because we have that support network that we sort of cultivated. I think the structure is really helpful too. It helps to kind of reinforce, like I said, and normalize the practice. You know, adults, obviously, a lot of adults anyway, also strive on structure. So I think creating that little path for them helps to, well, it helps them to learn and it helps them to feel more confident in those practices. I think one of the other things that we've done as well, I know I mentioned just offhandedly that we do go to church, but we also do attend the Universalist Unitarian Church. Although they're not pagan children, they're like-minded children. And the curriculum that we chose for this year is an earth-based spirituality one. So that's what we've been doing for the last year. And we were going to do it before COVID anyway, but now it just means that we're getting outside and we're exploring nature. So today was Pi Day 3.14, you know, March 14th. So we went and we measured the circumference of trees and we estimated how old they were and how tall they were. And we used math and we wandered around and that's what we did today. So we do have a community of like-minded people who get it. And we also have this kind of cover if we felt like we needed one. I know that your friends go to church. You go to church too. Here's your church. Would you like to wear a nice white dress to church when it comes back? Here you go. You absolutely can. <laughs> and when my son was asked by a girl he was interested in if he went to church. He said no, because he didn't want to have to explain it. And he knew that it wasn't what she meant <laughs> when she asked the question. There was a single date. It didn't go further than that. He didn't feel like he could disclose that. But the current person that he is seeing, he felt more comfortable and explained to her exactly what the church was and what it wasn't. Because there are a lot of assumptions when you say the word church. Church, yeah. The Unitarian Church is pretty well known too. Like you say, oh no, I go to the Unitarian Church and people go, oh, that's nice. Well, that's it. The teenagers don't know, but the parents do. They know. 
they know the difference. <laughs> or that's not a real church, <laughs> depending on their their on the way they look right yeah a unitarian church joke is the only time the word jesus christ was mentioned was when the janitor fell down the stairs <laughs> so, <laughs> you know and that's what we did we moved to this community when my children were middle school and high school age and we joined the unitarian church so we could meet people who were seekers and open and concerned with things like justice and the environment and respect for society and and the persons within and I knew that the material that was offered for youth was about things like social justice, world religions, because I like to think I'm open-minded. We all carry our own biases. I wanted some outside curriculum for them. And the fact that I asked of both of them, could you do this for me? You know, go to church, this pagan family that came from the bush, came into the city. Will you go to church for me? Will you give me two years that you go to the UU and participate in the programs? And both of them stayed past that and were talking till they were 18 plus. You know, Eric stayed an extra year because he loves kids. He did the really young kids with another fellow that he did religious education with them. They stayed there because they did find kids that even if their parents were atheists or their parents were humanists or, or whatever, their cosmology or, you know, religious beliefs, they had shared values. They had this place where they felt like they could be themselves as pagans in a bigger community. It was a really good experience for them. I encourage any pagan parents that are nervous about community or can't find community really close to them, look for your closest universal Unitarian church. They are very welcoming. And because they're pluralistic, that's a pagan you know, tenant of faith almost to accept other people's religions. And we do it within our own umbrella of paganism, wickedness, druids, whatever. We can end up in ritual together and be open and welcoming and accepting and respectful of other people's beliefs. And they definitely give you that in the UU. So it was a really good parenting tool. And for me, we did it when they were young. And then once these guys got to be of an age where they were asking questions that I don't have answers to anymore because there aren't answers, it was a great place to say, you know what, this is a good place to ask these bigger questions. Right now, the youth and little kid RE is kind of combined because we're all doing like a family outing basically every Sunday, which is lovely and I love it. But you know, when they do the separate little sessions with adult leaders in the community, they're asking those big questions and there aren't really answers. Well, what do you think about that? Like, how would you approach that? And it's been really good for them because the older two are at that age where they're starting to ask questions. Yeah. You know, when my son came to me and asked me to sew his pentacle patch on his like scout blanket, I was like, I love this. Thank you so much. This is great. And I'm like, I know you're doing this because it's metal, but I don't care. I love it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I will say as we close up for this show, I will say enjoy the time because my daughter has moved into a more adult stage, but she's kind of, you know, she's too cool for school right now, right? They do kind of get to the, well, I don't necessarily want to do everything even though I think it's all right, I might want my own way. You know what I mean? So that will come. But it sounds like, you know, you guys had an okay experience at school. I know I always said to my daughter, religion is private. So you don't necessarily, she didn't get braggy about it until she was, you know, like that teeny bopper age, a little braggy about it. Before then, religion is a private thing, you know, at home. And I think there's lots of opportunity to talk more about pagan parenting. I'm wondering if Lisa would like to join us another time. We just kind of talked about school and trying to build community. 
I'll go round two, that's for sure. Oh my gosh, Karen has some awesome questions. We need to do Pagan Parenting again. I'd definitely come back. That's amazing, because there's lots to talk about. All right, let's do let's plan for that in a couple months. That'd be awesome. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much. It was a great conversation. Thank you. Well, it was wonderful. And thank you, everybody out there for listening. If you have any comments or questions for us, you can contact us on our Facebook page, Three Witches and a Druid. And if you can see any stars down there, you can give us a like. That would be wonderful as well. So until next time, everybody, Merry Meet. Merry Part. Merry Meet again. Bless be. This has been Three Witches and a Druid Podcast. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.